This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to Episode 59. Can you combine your passion for aviation with your passion for writing? Well, the person I have with me today says yes. If you've been listening to this show for any time, you know we advocate designing a career to fill your passions in life. Both my guests and I have accomplished this goal, and you know, I love my job as an airline pilot and my online business of creating content that inspires and entertains and educates. My guest has been able to come be combine his passion for aviation and writing through becoming an editor for a magazine. After spending a few minutes speaking with our guest, you'll discover how passionate he is about aviation and his job. You know, my guest today is Ian Twombly. Ian has been able to combine his passions in life and help many folks obtain their aviation goals as editor of AOPA Flight Training Magazine. Welcome to the show, Ian. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I, I tell you, I love the magazine. And uh, I love reading all the articles in it, and I suggest it of all my students. It's terrific. Well, thanks. Appreciate it. Um, you know, it, one of the things we like to start the show off with is some, something fun that we were able to do or something in, inspirational. And, uh, you know, the other day uh, I actually tweeted this out. I was getting back into a single-engine airplane and had the cowling off and, and was looking at the really nice, clean engine. And I tell you, I got so excited when I saw that shiny, clean <laughs> aircraft. And I was like, I cannot wait to get up in it. Unfortunately, I couldn't go flying that day. I had little, uh, you know, alternator issues. But uh, I oh, think yeah. another day or so, I'll be up flying that. So it kind of, it kind of got me really, really excited because you know I'm flying, you know, larger aircraft around the world, and and just being able to think about flying slow and low is just awesome. So, Ian, how about you? Cool. Anything exciting? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've been. Uh excited about I guess my family and my coworkers would be you know they might characterize it more as obsessed with um, but uh, my uh, uh, my my current thing is actually helicopters I'm working on a uh, on a rotorcraft add-on awesome and um, I've been kind of all consumed with that recently so uh, having a great time awesome great that's that's a lot of fun I tell you I was able to start off in a, a jet ranger a bell jet ranger when I started flying helicopters and that uh, but when I started paying for it myself, I went into the Robinson helicopter. I was going to say, wow, you yeah. started way above me. Yeah, I'm I'm in the I'm in the R22 at this point. Yes, when you have to pay for it yourself, you go to the R22. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. But that's right. that's a blast, and I, there's nothing like hovering and seeing the world, you know, and stopping above the ground and looking down and and being able to say, hey, wait a minute, let me go look at this thing, and and flying sideways and flying even backwards. I think that's the coolest thing. Uh, it is. So, Ian, is. have have you been able to hover yet i have i'm actually uh my check ride's actually scheduled for next uh, well about a week from now wow so, um yeah i uh I'm, I'm almost there um hopefully and uh i tell you it's um helicopters you know i, I never grew up loving helicopters I, I had pictures of airplanes and you know the space shuttle and stuff like that and uh just from a, an aesthetic standpoint, I always thought airplanes were much more, you know, sort of pleasing. And, and so that's what I always aspired to. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm a CFI and I've gone and done all that and, and, uh, and I'd love to do it. And I've flown all different types of airplanes and gliders and all kinds of stuff. But I just on kind of a laugh, I, I went and got a, an intro ride in a helicopter and, um, you just have to sort of do it, I think, to understand it. Um, 
because it was like I I got down and and I was I was immediately just I you know obsessed. Uh, I I couldn't wait to go back and and I still can't wait. And so it's a it's a neat feeling to be able to kind of rekindle that you know that initial excitement for an aircraft again. Well, that's awesome, boy. While you were talking, I was thinking about the first time I flew an airplane. I was like, gosh, that excitement just comes out just listening to you about that. That's that's totally cool. And uh, after all these years of flying, boy, you get you get to have that excitement again. And I think that that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So speaking yeah, of uh, this aviation, you, you obviously have a passion for aviation. You know, how did you develop that? I mean, did it just happen overnight? Well, no. You know, my um, I, I come from a flying family. Um, my uh, my grandfather learned to fly for the, in the war, um, and then he was I don't want to say one of the few, but um, he was one of the ones who came back and actually kept kept going at it. Um, he was your typical kind of aviation story in that he tried a little bit of everything. He was a dealer. He tried uh, you know he was a charter pilot. Um, he owned airplanes, bought and sold airplanes. He he tried everything. I think he might have even had a flight school at one point. He certainly instructed, um, and uh, and so he taught uh, my dad and a few of my uncles, and um, and we've just kind of continued from there. So I was uh, I was very lucky in that sense. I'm always um, not envious is not the right word. I'm I'm always impressed. I would say by people who start you know, who are the first in their family to do it. I think that's a fascinating thing. And I, I give them a lot of credit because for me, the, you know, I don't want to say the road was laid out. Nobody told me I had to do it. And they certainly support, you know, supported me along the way, but it was, um, you know, everyone sort of got it, you know, when I came home and would talk about it or, you know, so it was, uh, it was easier for me, I would say. And I, I feel very lucky in that sense. Yeah. That, you know, how many people have, have somebody in their family that, that flies? It's, uh, you know, not, it's not a huge population of folks that fly airplanes, and and that's really neat that you got to do that, and and you can talk airplanes and talk your lessons and and get a little advice from your folks, you know, about flying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, in, in absolutely. So yeah, that was uh, that was very helpful. But you know, it's funny as a kid, I um, I you know, I told, I said my grandfather um, kind of did a little bit of everything, and and one thing he did was actually race uh, airplanes, and. Yeah, and so he always had a T6 around, and and for a little while I had a P51. And um, it's funny when I was a kid, I I never really was into it, and so um, I never, <laughs> I actually never went up with him in the T6 or the P51, and which I you know regret to say. But uh, um, it wasn't until I got to college actually that I I started to to personally get get really interested in it, and that's when I started taking lessons. Oh, cool. So did you go to college for aviation? Um, I didn't. I I went thinking I wanted to fly in the Air Force, and so I uh, I had applied for an ROTC scholarship, Air Force ROTC, and um, just thought I would let you know the military pay for it. But uh, I did get my private. Uh, actually, I went to the University of Florida and, and just flew a flight school uh, there in Gainesville. And um, I don't know. A little bit into it, I thought, oh, you know, the military thing maybe isn't for me, and. Um, and they let you kind of try it out, you know, ROTC without commitment in the beginning, uh, which is smart, I think. And uh, so then I thought, okay, well, I'm going to do the airlines. Cause, and I have uh, two uncles, that's one for FedEx that flies for FedEx and one that flies for Delta. And um, and so I thought, okay, I'm going to push through this. And I, I slammed through all my certificates and ratings really fast and um, and started teaching when I was still in school, but all kind of on the side. I, I you know, I was all 61, and I built time in my uncle's J3 Cub, and um, and then instructed. My first job instructing was actually off this little grass strip uh, near Gainesville. So, 
So. so then you decided to move on from there. It sounds like you, you moved on to, to writing, actually, and, and you made it all the way to being the editor of AOPA Flight Training. How did, how did you get to that point? Well, um, I, uh, you know, I, I was instructing and, and really enjoying it, learning a lot, um, having a good time. I, I went and um, I instructed at Daniel Webster College in Nashville, New Hampshire, um, and was there for about a year uh, and was exposed to aerobatics. They had a Cap 10, and uh, so I got siege in that. And I was having great fun, but, you know, I wasn't, I, I was a little bored. I, I wasn't, it's funny, instructors, it's either like you get completely uh, worn out because you're flying so much, or in my case, uh, the, we had this terrible winter, and um, and I just wasn't flying enough. And so I thought, well, I'll try something else. And so I um, I applied to uh, to AOPA, and um, and in fact, I actually applied and and was offered a job as a an aviation technical specialist. So you know, AOPA has this phone number you can call as a member to get help with anything, and you can possibly imagine aviation related. And I started there, and and um, and I say once you get to AOPA, uh, and this is obviously I don't want to disparage anybody who does anything else with AOPA because I think everyone who works here, I'm, I'm always amazed at my coworkers. I think they do an amazing job. But but I thought, you know, you get here, and the first thing you want to do, the the best job in the building is the magazines. And so I um I worked my way up. I, I in college I was a history major, and um, which I think served me well. I think liberal arts degrees are um worth a lot more than people give them credit for. And uh, so I had, a, an, I think, a pretty decent writing foundation through that. And um, and then the aviation technical specialist stuff gave me a, a nice broad aviation foundation. And uh, and so I worked my way up through the magazines. And that, you know, I think what you said is very important. We get a lot of people ask, you know, which, what kind of degree should I get when I go in, say I want to fly for the airlines? Well, you know, I tell people get get anything, and uh, but get something you're interested in, get something yeah. that, that's your passion because you you might wind up doing that full time or part time like I do. You know, you talked about writing. Uh, in my past, I did technical writing in computers because uh, my degree was in computer science and wrote mm-hmm. manuals uh, and and loved doing that. And then didn't realize that that's what I like to do was was writing. And I you know also went to a liberal arts school. And uh, I think you're right. Having that that you know, I, I studied art history, and and having those that background, we don't realize until later in life how important it is. And I'm sure you found that out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I um, I think that if you're looking into an aviation career, and you, you know, especially as a, when you're in high school and you're kind of looking at all your options, it's sort of obvious to think about an aviation school. And um, and I did visit Embry Riddle uh, when I was in Florida doing my kind of college tour thing, and. The, the Daytona facility is incredibly impressive. I mean, the, the you know, the the uh, classrooms are state-of-the-art, and it's a beautiful campus, and the airplanes are fantastic. And and I was sitting there thinking, you know, like, this this if I know that this is what I want to do, this would be a great option. But um, I had this thought that it's like, well, what happens if I don't want to be an airline pilot, or what happens if I don't even want to fly for a living? You know, basically, I'm... I'm I have sort of backed myself into this corner and, and I was a little concerned about that. And so um, I, I am actually, I'm really happy with the direction I took because uh, well, I think it led me to here, you know, if I, if I would have done the aviation school thing, I probably would be flying for the airlines and probably not as happy as doing that as doing what I'm doing. So, well, you know, you're a perfect example of someone who's fulfilling a few passions for writing, uh, which you obviously have a passion for and you're very good at, and then uh, flying and instructing. But, you know, as far as the flying portion of it, 
do you get mm-hmm. enough flying in? I mean, do, do you get enough to fulfill that passion right now? Um, right now I am only because of the helicopter training. Um, I always say, you know, I, I wish I flew more. And I think most people who don't do it actively for a living probably feel that way. Um, but, uh, one of the things I just absolutely love about this job is that I get to fly a large variety of aircraft and a variety of different scenarios. So, um, you know, I might have a week where I'll fly a Bonanza to New York and, uh, do a story um, and I'll come back and the next day I might fly, you know, like a 172 with a student. And the day after that, you know, I'll have a helicopter lesson and turn in there somewhere might be, I'll fly a brand new airplane for review. And as part of that, I get to put it kind of through all its paces and then go do a formation photo shoot, uh, which is an incredible rush. So it's, uh, I, you know, I think I, I, in a way I sort of envy people who get to learn one airplane really well, intimately, they know everything about it. You know, I mean, if you're flying a 7-3 for a major carrier, it's like that is your life and you're an expert on that aircraft. And and I think that's pretty neat. But I, I um, but I love the variety. I, I love that every day is a different day. And, you know, that, and that's really neat that you've been able to do that. And, and it, it's something you wouldn't have thought of. You know, I'm sitting there saying, gosh, you know, he's going to be writing all the time. But you, you actually get connected with airplanes. I think I saw a picture of you in uh, what's that open cockpit uh, twin engine airplane? Yeah, the Stearman. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Oh oh oh, the twin cool. engine. Yeah, the Aircam. Oh god. Yes, the Aircam. That's it. Yeah. Unbelievable. That was yeah. so cool. And I'm like sitting there saying, "Hey, wait a minute. He gets he gets paid for doing this. That's pretty darn." Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That day, let me tell you, that guy um, Claudius, the guy who built that airplane, is an amazing guy, and. Um, and, you know, th- this job, it's like, ultimately, it's, it's about the people. I mean, you know, the machines, we get to fly these incredible aircraft, but it's, um, you know, the people you meet along the way are just fascinating. And, uh, you know, the, the people I've been able to talk to and interview, it's, uh, I love it. You know, celebrity, non-celebrity, doesn't matter. And um, so Claudius is, a, is an emergency doctor, emergency physician, uh, now retired, but in the Baltimore area. And... Um, and so he built this air cam, which is this, uh, if, if people listening don't know what it is, it's a basically an open cockpit, like you said, biplane experimental. So it's home built and it was developed, um, actually for national geographic to fly low and slow over the rainforest for photography. That's where the cam part comes in for camera. And so it's very safe flying low and slow it goes about 70 knots. And, um, so we did a story on it and then Claudius said, is it like, as a thank you, he, he wanted to take me flying. And so I, he flies out of Martin state near Baltimore. And so we took off from Martin state one morning and kind of flew East over the Chesapeake Bay, um, down through the watershed area, then hit the Atlantic coast and went down to first flight. And I think the entire day, the highest we got was about 500 feet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) most of it off the coast was, you know, kind of right down in the water. And it was incredible. It was like a, it was a day to remember. And so, um, so yeah, I, I get to you know I get to do some just uh, amazing things that I don't think I would do otherwise. Well, and, and I think what we've done here is we've we've shown people that yeah you can do all these different things. There's all these different aviation jobs out there uh, that you can fulfill your passions and and you can get to fly and do things that you enjoy like writing. Now, but getting to the writing portion of it and fulfilling these these multiple passions in our life because I think people have those. They have multiple passions. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's there's many different things you can do. We touched on a few. I think technical writing, te- technical type writing. What else mm-hmm. can someone do, like in in the writing field? Some examples. Um, 
Sure. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff you could do. Uh, you mentioned technical. There is absolutely a need for technical writers, uh, in the field. Like, like you said, um, working, whether it's for maybe a manufacturer producing manuals. Um, I have a friend who did it for a while for an, uh, a charter airline, uh, doing, uh, everything from, I think like maintenance manuals to like SOP procedures. Um, there's uh creative writing like what we do. Um, and, uh, and of course you could go on your own and be a freelancer and we work with those folks. Um, there's, uh, I, I don't, it's not really technical in the sense that it's, you know, technical writing is its own discipline, as you know, but it's, um, you know, there's, there's, um, like aircraft textbooks, I'll call them as a broad category. So the Rod Machado's of the world who write, um, manuals, uh, there's kind of younger folks getting in the game now doing that. Um, and some, some people do it as a full-time job. Um, you know, Rod, his, his job is, is really to, uh, to write and to speak. Uh, other folks do it. Maybe they're a CFI and they do it on the side. Um, so, you know, there's, there's really all kinds of stuff that photography is a huge one. Um, there's, you know, if you're really into, you know, if you're an amateur photographer, but you have a passion for it, there's professional photography, there's graphic design. Um, it's really anything you can imagine aviation offers it, I, I always say. Yeah. And the, and the getting into that field, though, uh, a great way to do it is just to practice. And I've found that, uh, you know, when I'm talking to people, one of the great ways to do it is just start writing. Uh, just start mm-hmm. taking pictures, like you said, if you're into photography, and and get out there. I mean, that's uh, you know, I've written for years on blogs and uh, for a magazine, uh, for a uh, aviation magazine, and there's, uh, gosh, it's really, <laughs> it, it really does help because what happens is you develop your your voice and and you can go forward and you learn. And when people, when you put something out in public, uh, you get noticed, and the good and the bad. So when you do something wrong, you can correct it really quickly because it gets it's pretty embarrassing. Uh, that's why I love these young folks with these blogs, you know. And they, you know, some of the things they put out there are just absolutely terrific. Um, and and you know, it's a great way to learn because you don't forget those experiences when you when you write something and, and you're like, oh no, that's that's not right. You know, <laughs> that was totally wrong what I said, and and you have to correct it later on. Yeah, that that's that's absolutely correct. I mean, you know, it's. Um Writing is, it's work, you know, I mean, it's funny to think of it and, and, you know, people do it as a pastime, obviously, but, uh, or as, you know, just as a hobby, but, you know, I mean, for me, it's a job. It's, it's, uh, you know, I come in and some days it's what I want to write about. You know, I, I just wrote, I'm, I'm doing it through the helicopter training kind of an every other week. Uh, it's, you know, sort of a learning blog, I guess you would say, um, but more in a story style. And, uh, I love to write those. And so it's like the first thing I do, you know, but then there's some things you just don't want to do and you got to power through it or you don't, you know, you're not inspired and, and, uh, and then you go back and look at it and you work at it again. And so it's, um, yeah. And, and it's every time it's a learning process. And, um, but like you said, as far as breaking into it, I mean, I think there's this impression that, uh, you know, you have to be somebody or know somebody, but, uh, you know, I get stories every day through email, uh, from readers, from, uh, professional writers who are trying to break into aviation or, you know, kind of everywhere in between. And, uh, and, and we look at all of them. Uh, so, you know, I would say people who are interested, who have something to say, who have a story to tell, it's like we, we always want to hear it. Uh, whether it's about, you know, a particular flight you've had or you want to convey some piece of information, um, 
anything. You know, it's it, between flight training and pilot magazine. Now, if somebody, you know, I think you you're a good example of someone who who moved forward in this field without knowing that they really were going to do this before. But say somebody's sitting here today uh, and says, hey, you know, I haven't started college, and this is really what I want to do. I want to get into aviation writing and aviation journalism. Um, looking back, do you think you would do anything different yourself, and what would you suggest to those people looking into it? Um, that's a great question. I would say I I sometimes wonder, it's like, would I have gone to, you know, to journalism school or, the, you know, they call it J school. Um, I'm not so sure I would have. I mean, I, I suppose maybe. I, and I think the the biggest difference is I would have looked for an internship or I would have looked for working opportunities while I was still in school. Um, there's this uh, there's this feeling in the in the journalism business or magazine business or, or writing business that that uh, students have to have this sort of journalism background, which is really kind of a joke. I mean, I, I just don't believe that. I, I do think that you learn good basic skills in, in J school, but, you know, honestly, uh, I don't think it makes you a great writer. I think it teaches you about the industry and, you know, good writers kind of work through, through hard work, through practice, um, just like learning any sort of skill. So, um, but I would say, you know, when you're starting out, it's like if you if it's aviation you want to get into, certainly you need an aviation background of some sort, whether that's that you're a private pilot, whether it's your CFI, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's, you know, we don't look necessarily credentials. Um, we look at that you have some sort of knowledge of aviation and that uh, and that basically, you know, you, you have kind of the basic writing skills and editing skills. So I would say, um, you know, Work for your student newspaper. Um, you know, look for internship opportunities uh, and uh, and kind of work up through that way. But you know, folks who are interested in aviation and writing, it's kind of a rare breed. So if if you have that skill set, uh, I, I think there's a good chance of being successful. I think that's some great advice. And and just to add to that, and they, you know, I had you know going way back when I was in high school, I had a really big interest in in journalism and television production that type of thing and actually had my own tv show in high school years ago and 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 i went on to uh just like you just said i went on to be an intern with the local cable company and you know you you learn all this these things in journalism school you learn things in your journalism class in your english etc but it's not till you get into an internship and you say oh wow that's how it really works. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it really, to me, was was eye-opening to do an internship. You know, internships in general, you know, say you're going to fly, do an internship. You're going to realize what the inner workings of an airline are. And I actually have friends that went on and, and became interns at the airlines. And, like, for instance, myself, I interned at a cable company doing a, you know, a news station. And I, you know, decided not to do it because of that uh, and realized this wasn't for me. And I Yeah. And that that saved me so much time and money. But what's really strange is I went back into it again, you know, creating mm. all this this content and and got into the business of of websites and and putting together content online. I never knew that that was going to be a whole business. But that experience previously helped me a lot. I think the biggest thing too is it it helped me understand that I need to talk to people that know what they're doing. You know, get get a person that that knows the industry and say, Hey, listen, can you teach me a little something about that? And and that's what we're doing yeah. here, actually. Like, like Ian, I mean, he, you're a great example of someone who I think you have a really cool job. 
it's it's awesome. You know, I'd love you know that the whole thing. I'd love to trade jobs with somebody for a month. Like I want to trade jobs with Ian. You can go fly the Airbus. I'll go. I'll be an editor of the magazine. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> but you know, it's nice that that we get to hear these things from people like yourself. But you know, if if you are somebody that's that's looking at this right now, and cost wise, do you think? Uh, <laughs> And you're thinking about aviation. Do you think it's a good idea to go out and, and if you're going to become, a, say, a writer or a, a photographer, do you think you should go ahead and get all your, your ratings and, and such? Or, or can you can you be a good writer without having all your ratings? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You can be a good writer without having all of them. I mean, Jill Tallman, who, uh, who works for flight training, she – came in with, uh, with more of a journalism background. She had worked for newspapers and, uh, uh, you know, some DC based, uh, advocacy groups and stuff like that. And, um, she became a pilot while she was here. So, you know, she's now a private instrument and, uh, you know, she is basically, she has the same opportunities as folks who came in maybe more from the flying background and, and learned writing a little later. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, in fact, I would say the last thing you would want to do if you're interested in, in writing in aviation for a living, I would say the last thing you would want to do is go to some, you know, career academy and try and, you know, plow through all the certificates and ratings as fast as you could because, you know, we we have to present a, a diverse aviation scene to, to the readers. And, um, and I think the best way to do that is to have writers from diverse backgrounds. And so... Um, you know, Jill learned a little bit later. She did private and instrument on the side. Then you have like Dave Hirschman who got into aviation strictly for the, you know, kind of the aerobatic sense. And that's really what drew him. And he has a lot of bush flying experience and tailwheels and, uh, a lot of aircraft ownership, uh, experience and, um, you know, kind of everything in between. I mean, it's, so it's, uh, you know, I, I would say you don't want to take kind of the airline career route. You want to take, you know, we're, we're, an association, at least, you know, in our case, we're an association of, of owner pilots and, and primarily recreational. So, uh, so that's generally the kind of scene that we draw from. Do you find, I'm assuming, you know, people at other magazines besides where you work, um, mm-hmm. do you, do you, and you speak with your colleagues at, at these other magazines, do you think there's a difference between, uh, working for an association or working for, uh, I won't mention the other names, uh, of other <laughs> magazines, uh, that are more for strictly just a magazine? Do you think there's a yes. difference? Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a difference. Um, you know, we are, uh, at the root an association publication. And what that means is, um, even though we try and be sort of, you know, we try to be entertaining, we try to be exciting, um, you know, but actually both of our magazines, I mean, we, we exist for the association. And so, um, that's a, a slightly different type of business scenario, a slightly different type of voice. Um, you know, the, the other magazines exist much more in a consumer world and, uh, and they have kind of the, the, the demands, the consumer demands. And, and part of that is, you know, what's the financial backing? What is the, what is the business case of the magazines? Um, you know, how viable are they in a commercial market? So, um, so yeah, absolutely. There's, and there's different demands on, on the staff. I mean, uh, Tom Haynes is the editor in chief here and, uh, he's also a senior vice president. What that means is he's a senior vice president in the association. And so he's involved in association business. Um, and, uh, that's, that's not necessarily the case at some of the other publications. Yeah, you're right, and that that that's pretty that's pretty interesting, it's, and that makes it even more diverse, I think. 
uh, I, I would think from your perspective, you would enjoy that much more and the, the people working for an association might, might enjoy it better. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Happens. Yeah. Certainly if you're interested in kind of the mission, um, yeah, you can, you can absolutely get involved in some of the non-writing stuff. You know, we, uh, over the past few years have, have been involved in trying to increase the pilot population. And that means, uh, I don't want to say fixing flight training, but you know, that we, we have said that in the past, basically to improve the flight training experience, I'll call it. And, uh, and so I, I've been involved in that from a, from kind of a program standpoint. So that's, that's beyond the magazine stuff and, and things that I guess more of my CFI background can help. So, um, so yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, other opportunities there. You know, going back, you mentioned a lot of names like like Tom Haynes, who's awesome. I love the videos he does. I've interviewed him a few times, and he's a terrific person. Wonderful uh, stories about his flying. Uh, we're gonna put some links out, and, and Ian will send me some links to the websites where you can find out all these different people that we're talking about, like Jill Tallman. Uh, she's actually she's wonderful. I love listen, uh, reading her and actually listening to her talk. And uh, there's so many passionate people at AOPA and I think you find that uh, and this is my opinion that you when you have an organization and you have writing within an organization you find out that they're very like you said mission oriented and the that passion comes out of them and they you know the the folks that work for a lot of the commercial types of magazines it, it, it there there seems sometimes to be a different tone whereas they feel, and, and this is the feeling I get from the folks at AOPA, whether it's flight training or AOPA magazine, uh, they really feel like they're making a difference. And you can tell that, that they're making a difference and they feel that inside. And I think that's what's really exciting when I talk to any of the folks at AOPA, just like yourself, Ian. <laughs> and, yeah, well, thanks. thanks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, no question. It's like service to the member is is our job first and foremost. Um so, uh, so yeah, thanks. I, I yeah, appreciate it. And, you know, it's interesting when I, you know, interviewed the president of ALPA at Sun and Fun, uh, he, he also is, you could tell, I mean, he's, he's very passionate about it and, um, you know, and very passionate about moving forward with like these fly-ins and, uh, it's just neat to see, uh, when you come to some organization like AOPA, no matter who it is, the president, uh, publisher, a stringer, whatever it is, uh, they all have that same passion. And it's all—it's funny because they all become one at these large organizations and at these large meetings. It's, it's, it's a blast to see. Um, and, and you see that hierarchy become squashed, which is wonderful, uh, something I like about AOPA. Um, but, uh, you know, just in general, going back to advice uh, for folks that are – are looking to get into aviation industry as writing. Again, we said that, you know, get into writing, uh, do photography, don't necessarily have to be into aviation, have an interest in it, obviously, uh, but you don't have to work in it. Uh, but, but get, you know, start doing it now. Uh, start writing now and start, uh, start doing your photography now and, and move forward. I think that's really important, uh, in anything you do, uh, is, you know, just don't talk about, it, don't think about it. Just get, get going on it. See if you like it. You, you yeah. Know, you don't know if you're going to yeah. want to fly until you do an intro flight. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, you know, I'll have folks kind of email me and say, mm, I want to get into writing. Uh, can you give me something to write about? And, uh, and my response back is usually like, well, you know, why don't, why don't you give me something, you know? And so it's, um, what I, I guess what I look for, um, when, even when people are first starting out is I, I want to hear them, you know, I want to hear what perspective they can bring. Uh, and so I, I generally like people to, you know, to write a story. Um, and, uh, and send it. And, you know, uh, I'm happy to, I, I try and provide as many 
comments as I can. You know, I, I think that's something else that makes us a little different. When you get into the 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 consumer mags that people would be familiar with, you know, the everything from Sports Illustrated to Vanity Fair to you know New Yorker and everything else, it's like generally if you're starting out or if you're a freelancer, you're going to send them something and they're going to write back and say, you know, that you'll either never hear back or, you know, they may say, nope. Uh, whereas here we, we try and be, uh, you know, we, we understand that this is, you know, that people are submitting something to an aviation magazine because they have a passion for the activity. And so, uh, you know, we, we try and, and help as much as we can in that, in that sense. Well, speaking about the magazine itself, uh, Ian, you know, we, we haven't really, we've talked about the careers, but, uh, we haven't talked about this product, this, uh, this magazine that you produce. Uh, AOPA is wonderful. It's a, a great organization. If you're flying, if you're doing it as a career, if you're doing it as a hobby, I think you really need to join. They truly are the largest advocate for you as a pilot. But you have this other portion, which is AOPA flight training, which I think is awesome. And, and the reason that I like it, you know, remember, I've, I've got almost 10,000 hours. I still read flight training. And people are like, really? As Yeah, I read about the stalls and all that. And the reason is, is this, is that every article that I read, I learn something. I learn some way of teaching it better to my students. So even if you're at the level where you have many thousands of hours, I think it's a good idea to go back to the basics because if if you think about it, a lot of the, the accidents or incidents we've had are because of a lack of basics. But see, aviation training does more than that, though. It, it helps you with your career, and, and I think that's a portion that – and, and I found this from just my own research – is that I don't think enough people know that. And I, I, I think they have some really good stuff in there. And so, Ian, tell us a little bit about what, you know, aviation or, excuse me, flight training magazine can do for these folks that are listening right now for their aviation career goal. Um, yeah, sure. So we, you know, I mean, aside from, like you said, the actual training part, I mean, you know, the majority of the magazine covers, uh, like you say, kind of the basics, uh, the primary training phase, um, a little bit instrument, a little bit maybe commercial advanced kind of stuff, but, but we try and focus more on the primary. Um, and in that we also present kind of, you know, the, the, the GA world, you know, what it's like to, to fly in our, in our kind of GA universe. And, um, so, uh, that's, that's the primary mission. But as part of that, we know that we're also reaching folks who want to fly for a career. And so we have, um, this section called advanced pilot. And, and as part of that, there's, uh, career specific content. And, and generally it, it swings between two writers. Um, there are Wayne Phillips who, uh, runs kind of a simulator program, simulator experience program, and does a couple other things, uh, you know, for the FAA and that sort of stuff. And, and Pete Bedell, who used to actually, Pete's one of those guys who um, was here as an intern, actually, and worked here, and then worked here full-time, and now is an airline pilot. But uh, uh, it's neat, because it, it provides two different uh, two different perspectives. Wayne does more kind of the, uh, the industry pulse kind of stuff, does a lot on the pilot shortage or not. Uh, the uh he's done a lot on the new ATP rule and and stuff that I think people will find um you know hopefully immediately useful while they're going through uh he also does kind of a q and a so if you have a career question uh you can write it actually to careers at aopa dot org and um and we publish one of those every month and then Pete does more kind of a lifestyle you know those uh those questions that that might not have a firm answer. So it's like, you know, what is commuting like? He's talked about that because he commutes from DC to Newark, um, at least used to, just got reassigned to uh, the DC area. 
Um, he talks about what crash pads are like and what uh, starting out is like, what training is like, um, what bidding for lines is like, and all that stuff that, you know, it's part of that airline culture that, uh, you know, all the soft stuff. Um, and uh, he's really good at that, you know, more the kind of the personal side. So um, so I hope that, you know, people are able to, to kind of follow, uh, you know, some of that, you know, kind of the industry pulse and uh, what the lifestyle is like. So it's basically like a written version of what we do here at Aviation Careers Podcast. And, you know, you can actually get get that in writing. It's a, you know, we we have all sorts of people that come in, and and they um, and obviously you have a lot more services than we do here. But um, you know, there, there's there's it's good to hear stories from other people. It's good to hear about uh, people's opinions, that type of thing about their jobs and if they like it or not. And that's that's one of the things I like about the articles. You know, for some people they want to listen, some people they want to read, and I think it's it's uh, it's a great section. If if uh, and it's not, it, it's really not that expensive to get the the you know. I think it's it's uh, it's great to go back to your basics, and it's it's uh, also can be part of your AOPA membership as an add-on, so you can get both mm-hmm. of the magazines. And I I think that's a great way to go. Uh, a lot of guys that are looking at it as a career that's not say it's just they're going for the airlines are like, well, why would I want to join AOPA? Well, you know, I've been an AOPA member throughout my career as an airline pilot, and and I think it's really been helpful. Uh, so I, I think I think you guys do a great job with that, and I I love the Q and A, and uh, and look forward to seeing more of that. If if you want to go find that magazine on the internet, we'll have a link. But where can they find it if they're listening right now? Um, certainly, actually, they just Google flight training. I think it's the first first or second one that pops up. But uh, but the direct address is just flighttraining.aopa.org. Um, and that'll take you to uh, to all the magazine content, and you know tell you how you can get it and all that sort of thing. So. Well, Ian, this has been awesome. Is there anything else you want to tell folks uh, before we get going here? As, as far as the magazine is concerned, you can comment on that, or or maybe a career in, in writing and also in flying, if there's anything you want to add to that. Yeah, I would just say, you know, I mean, I, I think you said it well, that the idea about careers is, I, you know, people, I find, they either have kind of, you know, they go one or two ways. It's either they want to fly, they'll do anything they can to fly, and they'll stop at nothing to fly. And for those folks, it's like, that's what they have to do. And I think they should do it and, and go for it, you know. Um, but some people love the idea of aviation. They love to fly, but maybe, you know, they've got uh, more things that they like to do or, you know, there's other things that they're passionate about, like you mentioned. And so I think sometimes it's like all they think they can do is fly, but there's so much else out there. I mean, I, whether you're an engineer or, you know, you're into software or whatever, um, I think that you can combine those things. You know, you, you absolutely can have a job that, uh, that does kind of a little bit of everything. Uh, so, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, when I started, I thought, oh, geez, all I can do is really go for the airlines or corporate or whatever. Um, and, but, uh, man, I'm so much happier doing this. It's, uh, yeah, it's really what I want to be doing. So, I think that you know your story is awesome, and if you're listening right now and you're saying to yourself, "Wow, that's cool," uh, you know, I want to be like Ian. I want to be like you, Carl, where you've you've designed your life. You can do it. Uh, you know that you definitely can do that. Well, yeah, Ian, uh, thanks thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate your talking to the folks here. And and you know what? If if they have questions, they can go to aviationcareerspodcast dot com slash contact, and I'll I'll forward them on to Ian. And you know, of course, you can go to the website uh, at flighttraining.aopa.org. Um, dot dot and uh, I think they can contact you directly there, right? They can. Um, and your contact form would would work great. I'm happy to respond to to any questions or um, you know 
folks can feel free to email me directly, and it's just uh, I'll, I'll send you that as well if you want to post it. Great, so, that would yeah. be awesome, awesome. And, and send us a picture of something cool that you were flying, and we'll put it up on. The- <laughs> <laughs> Great, <laughs> right. you know, folks. Thanks for listening. I, you know, if you're you're listening to this right now and saying to yourself, I wanna I wanna fly and I wanna write, uh, you can do it. I mean, Ian's done it. Uh, you know, there's many people that have fulfilled their many passions in life. And you know, I want you to do one thing before before we close here today. Uh, I want you to go out to firstaviationcareerspodcast.com and take a look at some of those links. That'll be on episode fifty nine. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, of course, visit our sponsors. They're right there in the right column. But the one thing I want you to do is this: I want you to think of one thing that you can do today that you, that'll give you one, make you one step closer to your career goal. Just one one thing. It could be really small. It could be reading an article in Flight Training Magazine about how to do stalls. It could be reading the careers articles in the back there of the Flight Training Magazine uh, or anywhere within there or looking at their website. Do something that's going to help you move towards your career goal. And it, and if you do that, you know, send me a message and, and let me know what, what it is that you've done to move, move forward and, and what step you've taken. I'd love to hear about it. And, of course, if you have any questions... Go to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash contact or just feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Well, folks, really appreciate you listening and safe flying. We'll talk to you next episode. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.